Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Shaykh Khalid Muhammad. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah. Rabbi shrah li sadri, wa yassir li amri, wa ahlun uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. I welcome my brothers to the eighth lesson of uh, studying the seerah, the biography of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Last lesson we discussed briefly the birth of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and some of the events which occurred during that time and uh, approaching that time. And we mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born in Mecca of the tribe obviously of Banu Hashim on a Monday morning. We mentioned that the dates, or firstly the month, Rabi'un al-Awwal. I mentioned, I think I said a couple of times last time, Dhul Hijjah, that was because we were obviously in that month approaching the last or the first 10 days. And uh, so that was a slip of the tongue. But I did mention last lesson one time, Rabi'un al-Awwal, which it is. So Jazakumullahu khaira to the brothers, yani, that pretty much corrected that slip of the tongue. Uh, so we mentioned that was the month and also we said regarding the dates of the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam It was obviously the date heavily differed upon amongst the ulama with the majority saying that he was born on the 12th day uh, of Rabi'un al-Awwal Obviously uh, uh, as a consensus regarding the year, the year of the elephant Amul Fil And we mentioned why it was called that as well and we mentioned as well that it was 40 years into the reign of Kisra according to uh, some of the ulama. This is in respect to what? The birth of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From the events that we discussed and then we mentioned the authentic from the week. So not everything I'm mentioning now is authentic that I'm about to mention. We discussed at last lesson and we mentioned what was authentic and what was weak. And you can go back to that inshallah. We mentioned that the light which illuminated from the Prophet's mother. Amina, when she gave birth, and we said there was a slight difference of opinion as well amongst the scholars when this or when this light was seen, pretty much. Uh, anyway, this light uh, lit up the palaces of Syria, and we mentioned a bit about that. We also said the balconies, 14 of the royal balconies of Kisra collapsing when the Prophet ﷺ was born. The star which appeared, the Prophet ﷺ falling in a way, yani coming out. Uh, when his mother gave birth to him coming out in a way that was uh, uh, odd or strange, meaning it was in a way that uh, kids aren't really born like that, which was his hands facing down and his head raised up to the sky. But we did mention that that in and of itself as well isn't authentic. Uh, you can go back, as I said, to see which ones were authentic and which ones weren't to the last lesson, inshallah ta'ala. Also, the fire of the Magians which burnt for a thousand years or more, uh, when he was born, it was mentioned that the fire of the Magians extingu- extinguished and the churches of the lake of Sawah uh, collapsed and sunk. Now into our lesson today, inshallah ta'ala. Today's lesson will be a shorter one and it has to do with two main things. The first thing is the circumcision of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the second thing is the naming of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wasallam. Uh, but first and foremost, when Amina gave birth to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, obviously we mentioned that his mother's name was Amina. Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when news reached him, Amina sent out for news to Abdul Muttalib that pretty much your son Abdullah's son, which was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is born. So he became extremely happy and he rejoiced at the news of the Prophet's birth. 
And when he was born, his mother Amina, as we said, sent to inform him. And subhanAllah, brothers, this is something which in and of itself, a lot of people, they delay heavily, which is informing the parents of the child. And subhanAllah here, someone may say, uh, informing their own parents of their child being born, or maybe even their wives being pregnant and the like. Someone may say that one may be rewarded, inshaAllah ta'ala, with the correct intention. If, for example, you have a mother or you have a father, and they're waiting for you to have a kid, you know, generally the parents, they're, they're dying for their, their kid to have a kid. And subhanAllah, their grandkid is like, you know, when, when, you, when you have a kid, you get pushed to the side, khalas, your grandkids, the bio or end or. But they get very happy. For subhanAllah, it could be said that if you correct your intention, inshaAllah ta'ala, and you inform your parents, you inform your parents to bring about a smile to them, to bring about happiness in their hearts and the likes, you get rewarded insha'Allah ta'ala for that. But in saying that, there is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which many, many of the ulama weakened, and some of them authenticated, and that is the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was said to have said, إِسْتَعِينُوا عَلَى إِنْجَاحِ الْحَوَائِجِ بِالْكِتْمَانِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ ذِي نِعْمَةٍ مَحْسُودٍ Pretty much seek help, seek assistance, Seek aid in fulfilling your needs by keeping things discreet, by keeping things private. For indeed, everyone who is blessed, everyone who is blessed is or has jealousy of him. Yani, is, is, uh, people are jealous of this individual. For here, even though we said many of the ulama, they weaken the hadith, be careful who you tell what and who you show what. Because in reality, the meaning is correct in the sense that in the sense that not everyone wants good for you. Not everyone wants to see you accomplish what you've accomplished or what you're accomplishing. So that's why when something you have or an accomplishment you've accomplished, an achievement you've achieved and the likes, be careful who you tell and who you show. And this is why some of the scholars, they said, when it comes to these major things that have occurred to certain people, whether it's having a kid, whether it's whatever it is, of these major accomplishments and achievements, then be careful who you tell. And try not to tell people who you think will be jealous of you, who might possibly even give you the eye, which is what we generally know as the evil eye and the likes. For the point is, Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was extremely happy at the birth of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in the future later on, Yani. Uh, winding over the years, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's uncle Al-Abbas, who was born two years before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and died 32 years after the hijrah, he started just like many of the companions and the likes, they mentioned lines of poetry praising the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and some of them would even refer to his birth. So he says, وَأَنْتَ لَمَّا وُلِدْتَ أَشْرَقَتِلْ أَرْضُ وَضَاءَتْ بِنُورِكَ الْأُفُقُ فَنَحْنُ فِي ذَلِكَ الضِّيَاءِ وَفِي النُورِ وَسُبُلِ الرَّشَادِ نَحْتَرِقُ Anyway, regarding the birth of the Prophet wasallam, it's also been mentioned. And just to lay it on the table now, there's nothing authentic which has come regarding this. There are narrations and there are some athar, but there is nothing authentic regarding what we're about to mention now that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was born makhtoon and masroor. Makhtoon meaning, uns- meaning circumcised, 
and also Masrur meaning he was born with his umbilical cord already cut. With the umbilical cord detached. You know, anyone that's had a kid, you know, you got to cut the umbilical cord, obviously. For it's been mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ was born circumcised and that he was born with the umbilical cord detached. But in reality, we mentioned that there is nothing authentic regarding that. Ibn Sa'ad rahimahullah mentions in At-Tabaqat that Al-Abbas, he said, وُلِدَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَخْتُونًا مَسْرُورًا that the Prophet ﷺ was born the way we just mentioned. But in reality, this is not authentic. And also, despite Al-Hakim in Al-Mustadrak mentioning, تَوَاتَرَتِ الْأَخْبَارُ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وُلِدَ مَخْتُونًا مَسْرُورًا That pretty much, يعني, it's been frequently narrated. And it's known amongst many of the people of Sira and the ulama of Sira, and it's widespread that the Prophet ﷺ was born like this. But many of the scholars, they rebuked, they rebuked these things and they pretty much showed the weakness in the narrations from them. Al-Dhahabi rahimahullahu ta'ala and Ibn Abdul Bar, Ibn Kathir, uh, Ibn Al-Jawzi and many other ulama. Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullahu, he has a whole chapter regarding this in his text, Zadul Ma'ad. And there also comes the hadith that it's been attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and once again we said it's weak, where he is said to have said, مِنْ كَرَامَتِي عَلَى رَبِّي وَلَمْ أَحَدٌ سَوْأَتِي From the favors bestowed upon me by my Lord, is that I was born circumcised, and no one has seen my private parts. And once again, this is a weak hadith. And there comes many narrations as we said, and Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala clearly mentions and states that there is nothing authentic. And likewise before him, Ibn Abdul Bar al-Maliki, who al-Qurtubi in his tafsir rahimahumullah, mentions that on him that there is nothing authentic in this uh, chapter or this kind of field. Uh, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali as well rahimahullah, he says, قَدْ رُوِيَ أَنَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وُلِدَ مَخْتُونًا مَسْرُورًا وَلَمْ يَجْتَرِ أَبُوْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ أي يعني الإمام أحمد بن حنبل رحمه الله على تصحيح هذا الحديث that it's been mentioned that he was born like this this is Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali saying it's been mentioned that he was born like this meaning circumcised and with the umbilical cord detached cut off uh, or detached يعني but Abu Abdullah who is Imam Ahmad رحمه الله تعالى Imam أهل السنة he mentions uh, or he did not authenticate anything of this. Another opinion regarding the circumcision of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that Jibril alaihi salam, the archangel Jibril alaihi salam, is the one that circumcised him when he or when the incident of the splitting of the chest happened. And insha'Allah ta'ala, we're going to get to the incident, obviously, of the splitting of the chest. If not next lesson, then the lesson after that, insha'Allah ta'ala. And the third opinion, and wallahu a'lam, this is the most correct opinion, is that Abdul Muttalib, who is his grandfather, we said, he circumcised him on the seventh day, as was the customs of the Arabs. And there is something which has come regarding this, and some of the scholars weakened it as well. And that's what Ibn Abdul Bar rahimahullah mentions in Al-Isti'ab that Ibn Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma said Inna abdal muttalibi khatana al-nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama yawma sabi'ih wa ja'ala lahu ma'dubah That indeed Abdul Muttalib he circumcised the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the seventh day and he made a banquet or a feast for him. 
And it's been narrated that there are some who were actually born circumcised. Like what's been narrated on or attributed to Um Salama, and it's authentically attributed to her, the mother of the believers and the wife of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Um Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha, that Ibn Sayyad was born circumcised. And it mentions, That his mother gave birth to him like this, meaning circumcised and with the umbilical cord detached. And also in Al-Musannaf of Abdul Razzaq al-San'ani, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he mentions with an authentic chain attributed to Urwa ibn Zubayr, Urwa ibn Zubayr, Wulid ibn Sayyadin a'wara makhtuna. That Ibn Sayyad was born blind, or at least blind in one eye, Ibn Sayyad, and he was born circumcised. Do we know who Ibn Sayyad is, brothers? Uh, the ones that the... We're going to get to the whole story, inshaAllah ta'ala, when we get there. But it is the one that some of the Sahaba, they actually swore that he was a Dajjal. They actually differed, يعني, was he the Dajjal or was he not the, the Dajjal? And obviously it's a very interesting uh, story and inshaAllah ta'ala we're going to discuss that uh, uh, in the near future inshaAllah. Regarding the circumcision brothers as well. And the circumcision season as we know is the removal of the foreskin from the private part. And usually that happens when brothers? When you're young or you're old? When you're young, يعني, generally speaking, of course, when you're young. And if it happens when you're old, then Allah sa'adak. <laughs> May Allah Azza wa Jal help you and support you and aid you and assist you and uh, يعني, help you through this. Because obviously the pain is, is severe. يعني. And why I mention that is what we're about to get to, inshallah. Because we know in Al-Islam, brothers, we know in Al-Islam, circumcision is obligatory upon the men. Circumcision is obligatory upon the men. And there's fiqhi masail which we're not going to get into. But for example, what about the raver if he reverts to Islam and then he's not circumcised? Does he have to? Does he not have to? The point is, inshallah, we'll leave that off. Uh, we'll leave that off. The point is, so why I mentioned earlier regarding does it happen when you're young or you're older and the likes, is the hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, اِخْتَتَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ sallallahu alayhi wa sallama بَعْدَ ثَمَانِينَ سَنَةِ The Ibrahim circumcised himself يعني, at the age of 80 years old. 80 years old. يعني that in and of itself, you know Ibrahim alayhi salam, brothers, when you think of Ibrahim, you think of sacrifice. And we had our lesson, مَظَاهِرُ الْعُبُودِيَةِ فِي الْحَجِّ and the likes, uh, and manifestations of worship in Hajj. And subhanAllah, when it comes to Ibrahim alayhi salam, you think just straight sacrifice. Wallahi, يعني, what the prophets and messengers, they sacrificed, obviously at the head of which is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then after that, the second best of the prophets and ulul azmi min al-rusul Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, you think sacrifice, yani 80 years old, and he sacrificed himself with an axe, or what's generally speaking known to be an axe. Some of the ulama, they said it's like a, a, the tool, yani a tool which is used by carpenters and the likes. Think of it as an axe, no problem. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, اِخْتَتَنَا إِبْرَاهِيمُ بَعْدَ ثَمَانِينَ سَنَةٍ وَاخْتَتَنَا بِالْقَدُومِ أَوِ الْقَدُومِ That Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he circumcised or was circumcised, يعني he circumcised himself with an axe at 80 years old. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he circumcised him, يعني عبد المطلب, uh, uh, the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, circumcised him on the seventh day, as we said, as we said, was the custom of the Arabs at the time. And he also done a aqiqah for him, 
as Aqiqah for him, as Ibn Kathir mentions and many other ulama, rahimahumullah. And he named him, he named him Muhammad. He named him Muhammad. Ibn Kathir rahimahullah says in Al-Bidaya wa Nihaya, he says, Qala ba'dul ulama, some of the scholars they said, Alhamahumullahu an sammuhu Muhammada. And sammu is a fi'al amr, not fi'al madi sammu. So here, Alhamahumullah, the point, Alhamahumullahu an sammuhu Muhammada, that Allah Azza wa Jal, as some of the scholars they said, inspired to them to name him Muhammad. Lima fihi mina sifati al-hamidah. Due to what he possesses of praiseworthy characteristics. So that the name and the action come together, and that the name and the named, yani him as a person, can form in form or appearance and meaning. Because what does the name Muhammad mean? The praised one, or the one that is praised, exactly. So here, subhanallah, not only is it a name, you know, there's a principle in Al-Asma' wa Sifat, brothers, that we learn, like a qa'idah, a rule or a principle. And one of these things, one of these points in the names and attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal is that when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when it comes to, for example, the Qur'an and the books, and when it comes to the prophets and messengers, right? When they have a name, they also possess that characteristic of that name. But other than them, like my name's Khalid, for example. Khalid means what? Yeah, ever-living, everlasting, eternal, etc. But um, my name now, do I possess that characteristic, that trait of living forever? Of course not. For yes, there's the name, but the characteristic is not there. But when it comes to Allah Azza wa Jal, and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the prophets and messengers, the names they have, they also have the characteristics. For not only was his name Muhammad, but he has the characteristic of being the one that is praised. And likewise, Ahmad. Ahmad means to praise. His name is also Ahmad, which comes in the Quran, those two names. And he is the one that praises Allah azza wa jal more than anyone. More than anyone. And subhanallah, for example, you might get a brother... Uh, his name is Salih. He's a Muslim. His name is Salih. Salih generally translated as righteous, for example. But he might be the worst of people. He might be the worst of people. For the point is here that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, look how Allah azza wa jal inspired to them to name him with a name that is not just a name and that's it, but also the characteristic he possessed of being the one that is praised, that the people praise. And it's collected. In al from Al-Bayhaqi, Rahimahullah, in Al-Dala'il or Dala'il al-Nubuwah, that they asked Abdul Muttalib after finding the name strange. What do we mean finding the name strange? Meaning Muhammad was not a name that was common amongst the Arabs. It wasn't a name that was known to the Arabs generally. For they said, as has been collected and the ulama differed regarding these chains as well on authenticity, but it's mentioned in the books of Seer. He says, Lima ragibta, or they told him to Abdul Muttalib, Lima ragibta bihi an asma'i ahli baytih, because he named him Muhammad. So they said to him, pretty much, why did you, you know, the meaning, why did you steer away from the names of his household? You know, like generally, a lot of people, uh, when they name a child or a kid, they name after maybe someone in the family or someone in the generation or whatever it is, a name that's known. For here he stayed away by naming with a name 
that wasn't common amongst the Arabs. So he said, Abdul Muttalib, Abdul Muttalib, he answered them, فَأَجَابَهُمْ أَرَدْتُ أَنْ يَحْمَدَهُ اللَّهُ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَخَلْقُهُ فِي الْأَرْضِ That I wanted Allah to praise him in the heavens and his creation to praise him on earth. And this, brothers, subhanal khaliq, wallahi, يعني, when I was like adding this in and contemplating upon just this sentence or this statement, يعني, Allahu Akbar, how we've mentioned before and we always mention and يعني, even in aqeedah, it's always taught and the likes. How even the kafar back then, they knew that what Allah Azza wa Jal is above the throne. And Allah Azza wa Jal is above the heavens. For this is a kafir. Abdul Muttalib died as a disbeliever, the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when they asked him, why did you pretty much steer away from naming names of the household or his household and the likes? He said, I wanted Allah to praise him. In the heavens. And I wanted his creation, Allah's creation, to praise him on earth. So that he differentiated and distinguished between the heavens and the earth. Knowing that Allah Azza wa Jal is above the heavens. And knowing that his creation is not. Is not. And subhanallah, you still get some uh, ignorant and arrogant individuals uh, claiming that Allah Azza wa Jal is everywhere. Or Allah Azza wa Jal is nowhere and the likes. But rather we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the throne and his knowledge is everywhere. His knowledge is everywhere. Meaning he is with us with his knowledge. He's hearing, he sees us. He knows everything that we're doing. He sees everything we're doing. He hears everything and the likes. For the point is here, As-Suhaili also mentions, rahimahullah, in his text, Ar-Rawdul Unuf, another story about how Abdul Muttalib named him, or why Abdul Muttalib named him Muhammad. So he says, that Abdul Muttalib named him Muhammad because of an incident which occurred to him. And that is that he was on a journey to Asham. Abdul Muttalib was on a journey traveling to Asham with three other people of his companions and friends pretty much. Why he was traveling for? For trade purposes. So when they were in Asham, they met with a rabbi, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi. He asked them, Min aina antum? Where are you from? They said, from Makkah, min Makkah. He said, indeed, and we already took the lessons, brothers, with what? How the Jews and the Christians, Ahlul Kitab, they knew that there was going to be a prophet sent. They knew there was going to be a prophet sent. So look how things tie together, subhanAllah. For he said to them, where are you from? They said, we are from Makkah. He said, indeed, from your country, a prophet will emerge. They asked him, what is the name of this prophet? He said Muhammad. And this name wasn't, as we said, known. It wasn't common amongst the Arabs at the time. So as Suhaili collects that after this incident, these four men, Abdul Muttalib and the three that were with him, they returned. And now obviously if they get a kid or they want a name, what are they going to try to name? Muhammad. So it's mentioned that Abdul Muttalib grew older. And now when he had a chance to name his grandson, his son Abdullah's son. So now what did he name him? He named him Muhammad. And that's the reason he mentioned that uh, Abdul Muttalib named the Prophet Muhammad. And the other three as well, subhanallah, Sufyan ibn Mujashir and Uhayhat ibn al-Jallah and Himran ibn al-Rabi'ah, these three men also named their sons Muhammad. So there was four, four men here who named the kids Muhammad. And these, it was mentioned, 
were the first of the Arabs to name with the name Muhammad. To name with the name Muhammad. And of course we know the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's kunya was Abu al-Qasim. And inshallah ta'ala we're going to next lesson begin with this and we're going to start with the difference of opinion. Are you allowed to possess or hold the kunya Abu al-Qasim? The ulama, they differed here. Some of them said yes, some of them said no, some of them said yes and no, depending on the time and one, two, three, which we'll talk about insha'Allah ta'ala in the next lesson. So as I said, brothers, today's a shorter lesson, but I'll end insha'Allah with, uh, with something. Lines of poetry of Hassan ibn Thabit, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that Sheikh Musa ibn Rashid al-Azmi ends the chapter of the circumcision of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his book, Al-Lu'lu'l Maknun. I'll just read the Arabic insha'Allah It's just a nice listen as well uh, uh, Lines of poetry uh, by Hassan ibn Thabit Or attributed to him the great companion Radiallahu ta'ala anhu The poet of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Who as we mentioned yani would unleash Unleash uh, Not just for example arrows and spears and the likes at the enemy He would unleash that tongue that Allah azza wa jal blessed him with In lines of poetry So he says أغر عليه للنبوة خاتم من الله مشهود يلوح ويشهد وضم الإله وضم الإله اسم النبي إلى اسمه إذا قال في الخمس المؤذن أشهد وشق له من اسمه ليجله فذو العرش محمود وهذا محمد نبي أتانا بعد يأس وفترة من الرسل والأوثان في الأرض تعبد فأمسى سراجا مستنيرا وهاديا يلوح كما لاح السقيل المهند وأنذرنا نارا وبشر جنة وعلمنا الإسلام فالله نحمد وأنت إله الخلق ربي وخالقي لذلك ما عمرت في الناس أشهد أو بذلك ما عمرت في الناس أشهد تعاليت رب الناس عن قول من دعا سواك إلها أنت أعلى وأمجد لك الخلق والنعماء والأمر كله فإياك نستهدي وإياك نعبد So inshallah ta'ala brothers will leave to lesson 9 the topic about the kuna of or the kunya of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the children of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or maybe we'll leave that to his marriages uh, and also we'll be talking obviously about the nursing mothers, the breastfeeding mothers of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amongst other topics. Jazakumullahu khaira. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam wa sallillahumma wa sallim wa barik ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala.